Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife, Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Alexa, thanks for being a part of the program. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What was going on in your family that you ended up having to leave home, that your parents had to place you somewhere? What was causing all the problems? Um, I guess I got into some trouble back home and just got into the wrong crowd. Friends that weren't good influences on myself and pressured me into doing things that I shouldn't have done or really didn't want to do. Wow. Why do you think you connected with that group? Because everybody says, you know, don't let your kids hang around with bad kids. And, you know, if you swim with sharks, you're going to get bit. And all these comments that everybody thinks that it's all the other kids that are that are influencing you. Were you influencing them as well? Yeah. 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 So do you think it was just kind of like um, just a group of people trying to figure out life that were just doing stupid stuff? Yeah, I mean, we were all there for each other emotionally, but we definitely influenced each other in good and bad ways. Wow, wow. Okay, so what? when did that start happening in your life? Like, What grade were you in? Probably sixth grade and is when my grade started going down. Wow. And, then, and so what were you doing in sixth grade that everything started to turn into a mess? I think sixth grade, I got into guys and started messing around with that. And then seventh grade, I got into drugs, and it kind of just went downhill from Okay, that, that seems weird to me. I mean, sixth grade, how old were you? Three? No, no I'm joking. <laughs> but I mean, how old were you, like 12 years old? I was 14. 14. And so so the then the drug thing starts to happen. Do you think that kind of just confused you, and then it just started spinning out more? Yeah, yeah, I would say... I never really got into, like, depressants, like weed or Mm -hmm. things like that. Like, it was always kind of more things that would make me feel better, like Adderall and Coke, like, things like that, because I struggled a lot with depression, so I didn't want to make do stuff that would make me more depressed and, like, numb me. I wanted to be more You wanted to feel better. Yeah. So where do you think your depression came from? I mean, like, my parents are great parents. Like, I love them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of the time I wasn't getting the right attention from them, so I just spun out of control and was like, well, if I can't get the good attention, then I'm going to get the bad attention. Yeah. You know, do you? Th- I think most parents go through that, where everything goes really well. You know, um, parents feel like they're doing a great job. And then people turn 12 and 13 and everything changes. 
And so your needs are a little bit different. And it and it usually takes a while for a mom or dad to kind of make that switch and realize that their child has new needs. Do you think that, that you were maybe caught in that little space of time that, that you just didn't feel like you were getting the attention that you really desired? Yeah, I think a lot of it went to my older sister because she was always kind of like the hero child. She mm. was like, she got the good grades. She had the good boyfriend. She had, she's incredible at riding horses and she like yeah, has like really good like life goals and just like, I know she's really struggling with other things too, but she keeps it more inside and yeah. doesn't yeah. really do And you were a little bit more expressive it. at an earlier age yeah. than everybody else. Yeah. Okay. When did your parents start to realize that something's going wrong here? Seventh grade. My mom said she noticed like my grades were going downhill and yeah. I just like started rebelling against them and just not really caring. You think the drugs had a lot to do with that? Mm -hmm. That it was changing your thinking a little bit? Yeah. When you got here, you know, was it one of those things that that, uh, it just took a while for your head to clear out a little bit to start thinking straight? Um, I think actually about a month before I got here, my parents had grounded me and I was grounded for basically probably four months. And then they told me that they were going to give me a fresh start and I was doing really good. But then I, like, I was sober for about a month, and it was, like, going really good. And then I went to a party, and I didn't drink or do any drugs, but I snuck out. Yeah. So they found out about that, and everything started going downhill again. So I actually called Heartlight and was like, hey, you got a spot for me still? So You called? Yeah. God. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, so when you snuck out, did you sneak out to be with friends, or were you sneaking out to go do more drugs? No, um, my friend was moving to Florida, and they were having a goodbye party for him. And you just wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. Well, that's kind of normal. Yeah. Okay. Did you influence your friends, or your friends influence you? Um, I think I definitely influenced them. Wow. Okay, so your parents send you away to... Heartlight, where we supposedly have all these other 60 bad kids, you know, with the idea. And I'm, I'm, I say that in a way that, that I don't think any kid here is a bad kid. And I, and, and yet they send you away to another group of people. What's different about this group that's all been taken away from their home and placed here? What's different about the relationships here? I think it's a lot easier to, make friends here and connect with people than it was back home because we're all kind of on the same level. We're all like, okay, we're all messed up in some way or another. Like back home, everyone kind of tried to hide it and just was like, yeah, let's do this because it's fun, not because we're trying to get away from something. Yeah, but don't you think we're all messed up? Yeah. In one sense? I mean, some people express it. Other people, as you said earlier, hide it and they don't. And so... But what I've kind of found is the ones that express it a little bit more really form deeper relationships with people than those that hide it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of like that that we, we bring all these kids here and they live here, but they really long for relationships with people and they build great relationships here. Okay, here's the million-dollar question. What could your parents have done different? Like my dad still hasn't come to terms that I'm here. He didn't want me to come here because yeah. he's— like you said, he's scared that being around the 60 other bad kids would influence me worse. Yeah. And I would say 
in some ways I can really benefit from it, yeah. but in some ways it's kind of like, oh, okay, I'm really not that messed up, but yeah, I am yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it means your dad's just like every other dad. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. I mean, if a dad wouldn't feel that, there'd be something wrong with him. I mean, I think every, no dad wants his daughter to go off and live someplace else and be around a group of kids that he doesn't know. And so that's kind of normal. What about your mom? My mom is a lot more understanding than my dad. Like, mm. she she struggles with depression herself. So, so she, she gets it. Yeah, she gets it. And she never really got into drugs or anything. I mean, as far as I know, she yeah. coped with it in other ways. But she was a lot more understanding. Yeah. Okay, so how long have you been here? Uh, four months. Four months. Okay. So where would you be if you wouldn't have come here? Probably out. Doing the same things, hmm. doing, going through the same stuff. Where do you think you'd end up? If I'm being honest, probably on the side of a road hmm. in a ditch. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, me I'm too. glad you're here. You know, and I'm glad for your parents too that that you're here and you're and you're finding out some new things about life that that are maybe a little bit different than what you find back at Colorado. Yeah, good state, good state, yeah. <laughs> but you know, just different. Love your parents. Yeah think they love you? Yeah. Yeah, I know they do. Yeah. That's I wouldn't be here if they didn't. So. That's right. You're absolutely right. Well, look, thanks for being a part of the program. I, I yeah. know that people are going to go, wow, that's that's my child. That's <laughs> Mark was just talking to my daughter. That's exactly how she is. And ho- hopefully they'll benefit from this. Thanks. Yeah. If you are a parent of a teen, you know that today's teenagers live in a different world than the one you were raised in. That means your style of parenting needs to be very different too. Too many parents parent their teens with principles that come across as authoritarian or judgmental, and such styles just aren't effective anymore. There is a better way, one that helps parents and their teens thrive together in today's culture. In the nine-week video course, Tough Guys and Drama Queens, Mark Gregston will give you a new vision of the sort of role they could play in the life of their teens and help them understand the world through the eyes of their children. This course comes with a facilitator's book, a copy of Mark's Tough Guys and Drama Queens book, and a participant's guide. There's even questions at the end of each lesson to help provoke discussion, in case you want to go through the course with your friends, neighbors, or church group. You can order the Tough Guys and Drama Queens curriculum series by visiting parentingteenresources.com. Okay, we got a Canadian in the house. Andrew, thank you for being a part of the the program. Yeah, no problem. How did you end up from Toronto, Canada, all the way down here in East Texas? What was going on in your family that kind of caused that to happen? I mean, starting off, like, ever since I can really remember, like, I've always had a lot of anger towards my parents. Really? Just because, um, like, we moved around a lot. Just because of my dad's job. Yeah. Pretty much like every time I'd settle down and have like a good group of friends, we'd just pick up and move. Wow. Like, to wow. a different state or even to a different country. Wow. And like when I moved to Canada, it got to the point where I just, I never wanted to be home. So I was always sneaking out. Yeah. Doing drugs with friends. Just a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. You think, you know, it, it's interesting to me that that just about anybody that we that I sit down and talk with, that, that drugs becomes a component there. 
you know, it's not, you think that's just because it's so available and it's just, just, it's become the kind of the new norm for everybody? Yeah. I mean, especially in Canada with weed being legal, yeah. like it was so easy to get a hold of. And yeah. I mean, it's it's a fun time. Well, not it's not on. just a group of guys out drinking beer in the back pasture anymore. It's yeah. either smoking pot or and then, then it's saying, well, then we did this, then we did this. But it seems like that's become kind of the new norm for anybody that's struggling a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, it's almost like a part of being a teenager, yeah. I guess you could say. Like, yeah. I don't really know, like a lot of kids who weren't doing drugs, at least yeah. where I was back home. Well, and there's and there's a ton of listeners right now that are going, now, wait a minute. You can't <laughs> say stuff like that. I was in church, and I'm going, but for the most part, I, I, I for the most part, I believe that to be true. And generally, yeah. that's what everybody says. It used to be that you could always count on, you know, 90% of people who go through high school to experiment with alcohol. Well, now it's... 90 plus percent will experiment with some other kind of drug at some time. And yeah. you kind of go, okay, it's it's different. Doesn't mean that it's better. Doesn't mean that it's worse. It's just different. Mm-hmm. But I think that's it. I, I think anybody who listens to us over and over again kind of go, okay, that's what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So, so the motivation for the drugs, what was that? I mean, a lot of it was just being, I mean, as stupid as it sounds, like rebellious against my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Because they really hated that. And, it was also a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Remember the remember the first time that they caught you. First time they caught me, um, I had come home after a party, and <laughs> I was completely high. And they stopped me in the front door, and my mom was like, "Are you high?" And I was like, "No, I swear I'm not." Yeah, she took yeah. me up into my room and started lecturing me, and then she was threatening to go by drug tests. So I was finally like, "Yeah, I'm high." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got grounded for a while after that. So you get grounded, but what does anybody do after that? Now you can go back out again. Does anybody solve the problem or, I mean, did the grounding work? No. Like, honestly, <laughs> it just got worse from there. <laughs> and they kept grounding you more and more? They started, like, trying different things. Like, I mean, taking away my phone, taking yeah. away my privilege to go out and see friends and, like, just that kind of thing. But, like... They they tried a bunch of different things. Yeah. Like, okay. Do you think you would have done done any of the drugs if it wasn't for your friends? It was friends that like introduced them to me, but I never tried them with them. Yeah. I just got kind of curious on my own and ended up trying them on myself. Yeah. yeah. And so then it's just finding a group of people that you can be with and and do things with that kind of yeah collectively brought you together. Do you think that was your only depth of relationships that you had? I mean, with a lot of these people, like, I did have good relationships with them. I mean, a lot of that was the fact that I was pretty much never home and I was spending a lot of time with them. Yeah. And, I mean, even explaining to them, like, the anger that I had with my parents, like... Just all the time. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so so you're mad at them. I mean, things are upset. And and so you're at school hanging out with your friends. How'd you do class-wise? Academic-wise? Uh, academically, like, I did fine. I generally held, like, over a 90 average. Yeah. So I didn't really struggle with that. It was just more like when it came to after school, I just didn't want to go home. And I spent a lot of time with friends. And, wow. Yeah. So you come to Heartlight, and now you got relationships with other people. How does that compare to the relationships you had back home? 
Honestly, like a lot of the people that I've met here are people like I would never talk to back home. That's fun. Honestly, yeah. That's fun. And why do you say that? Like, just a lot of the personalities. Yeah. It's just people that I normally wouldn't get along with back home. I guess. Yeah. And so being forced to get along with them, what has that done for you? I think it's definitely like made me more open to certain things. Like, wow. I feel like once I do get out of this place, it'll definitely change like the group of friends that I become yeah. a part of. Are you thinking differently? I mean, since getting away from drugs and stuff? Yeah. I mean, at home, a lot of it was just like waiting till my next high, I guess. And yeah. being here without drugs for almost three months is, it's, it's been a weird experience. <laughs> yeah. Been different, hadn't it? Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. what are you learning from that? I'm learning that like there's other ways to deal with my anger towards my parents. Mm. And I mean... Like, especially through, like, the counseling here. Like, yeah. a lot of that has given me, like, new strategies for that. Do you think that's kind of the main motivation of, of a lot of the drug use was dealing with your own anger that you had? Not really dealing with it. A lot of it was just, like, forgetting about it and just putting my mind on something else. I just else. don't want to think about it. Yeah. Wow. It was a lot easier that way. Okay. If anger is an emotional response to not getting what you want, what is it that you wanted? I wanted to stay somewhere for more than like four years. Like I wanted to stay in, I guess, Minnesota, for example, for mm -hmm. all of high school. But Rather than being the new kid on the block and yeah. start over and stuff? Like I've been to so many different schools like really? growing up, and it's just hard every single time having to meet new people. Yeah. Yeah. So if the number one thing, if, if you said, okay, here's the number one thing I'm learning. Um, Definitely, like... How to, like, interact with my dad, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, back home, he was really the main person I didn't get along with. Yeah. So just here learning new ways and, I guess, different ways to interact with him and, like, All actually right. understand where he's coming from. Wow. Yeah. You love your parents? Yes, I do. But Okay, you're a little hesitant. What's the hesitation? Was it, what, you love them but you don't like them all the time? Yeah, definitely that. Yeah. I mean, they're my parents, and they do care for me a lot, but I don't know. I just have a lot of anger built up yeah, towards yeah. them. Yeah. You think they love you, though? I know they love me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I'm glad you're here to work through that anger. Because here's the thing. Once you graduate from high school, you don't want to carry anger with you and be a 30-year-old who hates his parents. Yeah, You know, sure. that's just—I've never met anybody that said that. I'd like to be 50 years old and hate my mom and dad. I've yeah. never <laughs> heard that. And, yeah. and so if you can work through that now and get through it, because I think there's a learning curve for you, but I think there's also a learning curve for parents, too, when mm -hmm. they realize, okay, let's just let's move on and start clean, you know, and, and maybe when you get home, y'all can start clean and, and move on from there, and it'd yeah. be a lot better, so— that's well, cool. what I'm hoping for, yeah. Okay, man, thanks for being a part of the program. I'm, I'm sure there's people out there going, that's my son right there. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what we're going through. I feel like he hates me and we're, we're always angry and he's smoking pot and he's doing everything else and I don't know what to do. You know, and, and at the same time, I go, I, I hope that they can hear that, that there's hope in that as well, that there's a longing that you have to, to build a better relationship. And I know your parents have that as well. So yeah. that's cool. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org 
And to learn more about HeartLight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then. Thank you.